0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. You're listening to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. We're not able to take your call right now, but you can always reach us through email. The address is food at mpbonline.org. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting, Think Radio. And hey, good morning, everybody. It is Deep South Dining. I'm here as your host. I'm Malcolm White. Right here with me, Carol Puckett. Hello, Carol. Good morning, Mal. How are you today? Couldn't be better. Couldn't be better. It's Monday morning.
1: It is Monday morning, and I'm so excited because we have a lot to talk about. We We're can. going to talk about the Neshoba County Fair, and because you're from Boonville, that's
0: right, sort and
1: of. I'm from Jackson. We needed to bring in a ringer to really round this conversation out. And so I am so pleased that we have Pippa Perry Jackson, one of those Perrys from Philadelphia. That's huh? how
0: they, uh, that's how they d- recognize the cabins or by the name. So if we said the Jackson cabin, nobody would know. But if we said the Perry cabin, then people would know exactly yes, what we're talking about. Yes, and
1: we about. would be saying the Perry cabin in Happy Hollow. Exactly, those crazy Perry girls. (laughs) Good morning, Pippa. Good morning.
0: So uh, we are glad that you've joined us. Uh, Recently, I spent a little time in Neshoba County. And I uh, took a tape recorder with me, and I interviewed a few of your friends and my friends, and we talked about the food at the fair. So tell us a little bit about what goes on uh, in terms of your cabin and your food. I see you've got some uh, books over there, and yeah, it looks the, like the, a the nice books recipe. Yeah, do well on radio, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> nice visuals.
2: <laughs> um, we start talking and planning about it at Christmas dinner. Wow. And start talking about who's coming to the fair, how many people we're going to have there, and who's coming on what day. and What kind of foods we want to serve, but we always go back to the same old, same olds. We have traditions, and we have favorites, and we have um, expectations from other family members, and we um, just kind of always, we may add one or two new ones every now and then, but we always roll back to to the same old ones.
0: So your family has three cabins?
2: Um, well, it depends on how, what you refer to as family. but oh, okay. us. <laughs> <laughs> <In lightness. laughs> um, My sister and I inherited my mother's cabin. Well, we bought it from the siblings, and then my brother's got a cabin, and then we got goodness knows how many other Perrys. My father had tons of siblings, and they all had children. And so there are a lot of Perrys out there.
0: So you're from Neshoba County, and you're from Philadelphia. Is that right?
2: Absolutely. And your mama was Lala Perry. My mama was Lala Perry, and she married into it and came to Philadelphia and and—, and was quite the uh, character. She um, would pick me up from school wearing a pink wig.
0: Oh, really?
1: <laughs> and she was quite a well-known artist. She was that. She
0: was, she
2: she was a very good, was good artist. You know, I
1: of. I knew you and admired your mother before I knew she was she was your mom. So I mean, she really had a wonderful reputation in she Mississippi. Did. She did.
2: And yeah.
0: she was a teacher a as well. Right? She, oh, quite a character. Quite
1: a character. Yes, yeah, she was
2: character, and she was also yes, she was always a teacher. She was um, she, she. Considered that her greatest accomplishment over her art. And she was quite a a spectacular artist well-known and had her stuff all over the world.
0: So let's talk a little bit about the history of the fair. Not everybody knows the the great long history of the Neshoba County Fair. Carol, what kind of tidbits do you have that can bring us into perspective?
1: Well, the Neshoba County Fair actually had its roots in the agricultural fairs and (sighs) church camp meetings back in the 19th century. Hmm. And the first fair was called the Coldwater Fair, and it was held in 1889. And then two years later, the fair was organized and called, uh, I believe it was the Neshoba County Stock and Agricultural Fair Association. Wow. And it moved to its present site. Um, and families came from all over and began camping at the fair, And in 1894, a pavilion was constructed, and there was actually a hotel built.
3: Hmm.
1: Who knew? (laughs) I had no idea about that, but soon the cabins uh, came up. They started replacing wagons and tents, and uh, the oak trees that now shade uh, part of the fairgrounds were, were all planted then, and the political... I guess the political history, I mean, the Neshoba County Fair is now known as a, a very big statewide political event, wouldn't you say, Pippa? Yes, it's a big stomping ground. Everybody that's running for anything wants to speak there. I uh, believe Ronald Reagan actually uh, announced his candidacy at, at the Neshoba County he Fair. He did. My brother wasn't responsible for getting him there. Was? Really? Yeah.
0: Wow. Jack Landon. Kemp. There were some others. Yeah, uh, John Glenn spoke. The great spoke. astronaut. John Glenn, public servant yes. John Glenn, I was there for Senator that Senator
1: John Glenn, you were yeah. there. Um, and and other other historical moment was when the fairgrounds actually got electricity back in 1939. You know that had to Whew. be a big deal.
0: First electricity, and then finally air conditioning. Yeah. yeah. Now, Pippa, not everybody knows about these cabins. Some people have been blessed enough to be there. Describe a cabin and, and what we mean when we say the cabins at the Neshoba County Fair.
2: I had a friend from Michigan tell me that he came one year, and he said it's the only place in the world where you'll put 45 people in 700 square feet in August in Mississippi, and they've got to get along for a week. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. well,
2: <laughs> it's a tall order. It is a tall order. But it—, it um, the, everybody, everybody thinks that their area, their neighborhood is the best. They're all developed little sections. Our cabins in Happy Hollow, which is the best section of the fairgrounds, but no, everybody thinks theirs is the best. But um, they all have their own traditions in their little sections and their own um, interests. But the cabins are generally two story. Some of them are three story. Um, there's still one or two one stories left, and it's the family comes, they vie for beds, and they. Sit in the, on the front porch or sit on the back porch, depending on where the sun is, and eat and drink and share stories, the same stories over and over again, and um, <laughs> get up and move to another cabin. If, and um, tell the same stories, tell the same stories <laughs> all over well, again.
1: Well, I read that most of the cabins sleep around 30 people. How do you get 30 people in these small cabins?
2: Um, well, there are some cabins. Standing up. <laughs> well, Malcolm slept on the front porch one year. I did. And Bruce. Um, hey,
0: right next to a swing set where Bert Case spent the night, and, so I wasn't alone. Well, I
2: thought Bert's ended up in the dirty laundry pile.
0: Now, he was over in the swing okay. uh, on this side, and Bill Nichols and I were sleeping on the front porch okay. there. Because we had started out on the one next door, which at the time was not used, but some neighbors came up and told us we couldn't sleep there, so we moved over <laughs> that was to your porch. Cousins. <laughs>
2: yes. Yeah, um, so there you, you get creative sometimes when people show up and need a place to sleep, and um, th- th- there's not any more beds. You get can get creative, but are they like bunk, layered bunk beds? There are some cabins that have three and four story bunk beds, and um, then you just kind of when you're cleaning up and re- rearranging, you try to figure out where you can slip another bed in. And the beds are not really great beds. These are beds that have been you know passed down from generation to generation, and we we have some beds in our fair cabin. That were in my grandmother's house in Auburn in the 1940s.
0: Good lord! Oh my! <laughs> not
2: comfortable beds. <laughs>
0: These are not those new fancy mattresses. Like no, you not see those on box television. mattresses that
2: come in a box. I have thought about that for <laughs> yeah. my bed.
1: Uh, well, the original cabins had maybe one room for sleeping and a breezeway porch, and then one room for entertaining, and they were built of surplus materials with dirt floors. Now the cabins I've seen, they are—I mean—rival rival my house with these fabulous
2: kitchens. Yeah, and there's, there's some folks that have some fancy ones. Yes, they have Viking kitchens and such. Yeah, there's some nice ones in there. There's still one cabin out there with a the dirt floor, though. Wow! Really, yeah.
0: and, and, I, and it's I,
1: been handed down. Yeah.
0: And I hear there's some that go for a half million dollars. Yeah. Which yeah. is kind yeah, of crazy. If
1: you can buy them, if I you think buy them. the association has has to, to approve. You. Yeah, yeah. The, and you don't own. The, you don't own the ground. The, the ground,
2: and if you do something wrong, they can take it away from you. Hmm. Okay, tell us about Founder Square. That was the first section. That was the the pavilion was there, and then the people would come out in their wagons for their agricultural stuff, and it got it's a long way back to town, and so they started camping and they started building cabins, and so the Founder Square is the original spot of where the first cabins were, and then everything branched off of there. Happy Hollow, where we were, is, where we are, is. I think one of the first branches off the square. So these are the
1: suburbs. In the, in yes. the suburbs. Yes.
2: So there's, okay, Beverly Hills,
0: there's Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills, Happy Hollow, Sunset Strip, Bourbon, Bourbon, Street. Bourbon Street. What
1: happens on Bourbon Street? <laughs> it stays it's, on Bourbon. It's Street. It's a dry county. I don't know. <laughs> okay. And <laughs> Canal Cana- Street. Does Canal Street run into Bourbon Street? Uh no. No. It's
2: Only on- in New Orleans. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Canal Street is down by the racetrack. Bourbon Street's up by the ra- by the midway.
0: All right, we're going to get to food, which is why we're here today. But let's, before that, let's describe some of the other activity. There's a Midway Carnival. Mm-hmm. There's the racetrack with mm-hmm. the harness racing.
1: Starting in 1914. The racing. I, I might remind you, yes.
0: Um, and then there is the Food Preservation Exhibit Hall, which is a really interesting sort of throwback to the good old days of yeah. where people bring preserves and cakes and Different dishes that they prepared, and, and the cakes
2: and go to the cake walk, which is the story I want to tell you about. But um, yeah, and the 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 exhibit hall back when I was young, the the fair didn't start till Monday, and it went from Monday through Thursday, and so the there was an air conditioning in the exhibit hall, and people would bring their cakes, and they'd bring their their vegetables and stuff, and um they would get judged by how good they were yeah like
0: their prize vegetables right. the large watermelon the weird zucchini that sort of stuff yeah yeah mm-hmm. exactly
2: and so uh, by the end of the week we would all start go up there and do our own ch- juvenile bedding on which was the ugliest tomatoes and had, had grown the most interesting mold <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but uh, the cake walk the, the cake that the women in town would present their cakes to the extension club and they would be judged on the best cakes and then they would the cakes that I didn't find out till this year, when I heard a story from a friend, that the cakes that didn't win were the ones they gave away at the cakewalk. I thought it was the winter cakes that would be given away at the cakewalk. That was when you you go and you pay twenty five cents, and there's this squares in the pavilion with numbers on them, and it's kind of like musical chairs. And they just stop the music, and you, they draw a number. And if you're on that number, you win a cake. Um, my friend Leah was telling me a story this year that she asked her granddaddy for a, a quarter to go to the cakewalk. And he gave her a quarter and said, Now, you go win a cake. And so she went down, and she sure enough, she won a cake. And she was a German chocolate cake. So she was so proud. She's on the square. So she carried it back up and said, Look, Granddaddy, look, Granddaddy. I want a cake. It's a German chocolate cake. And he said, Oh, that's so pretty. I'm so proud of you. Go show your grandma. So she went inside. Grandma, Grandma, I won this cake. Um, look, it's so wonderful. She said, Oh, that's so great. I'm so proud of you. And she took it from my hands, and she walked over and dropped it in the trash. <laughs> and she
1: said, Why did you do that? She said, we don't know who made that cake.
3: <laughs>
0: well, there you I go. I love it. Um, <laughs> one
1: of the people that Malcolm interviewed at the fair talked about some of the people who are no longer with us or people who had a famous recipe. And Do you know uh, about Mama D's chocolate cake? I think— Mary Posey was... The Poseys uh, are all great cooks, so yeah, that's a, that's
2: one that you want to go... That's a fair th- favorite. Yeah, you want to go to their cabin and hope that they started cutting that cake. Yeah, yeah. Carol,
0: let's tell our listeners what book you're you're referring to there.
1: Well, I'm talking uh, about the Giant House Party Cookbook, mm-hmm. and this cookbook was published some time ago. Uh, let me see when when this was. I know I was a lot younger. I used to sell this at the Everyday Gourmet. Uh, Carolyn, is? yeah, Carolyn Dearman. This must have been from the '80s. Carolyn Dearman uh, was actually the cookbook chairman, and she sold us our first copy. And it was 1981. And I've, I, I sold hundreds of this book. The, I mean, just the shelf appeal of it. It has a painting. It's by Edna Mayo of. Mm-hmm. Of the fair, mm-hmm. and then the recipes are all fair favorites. And as you interviewed people, they all referred to their favorite recipes out of the book, and that you can't go to the fair without this book. But I see that Pippa has her own cookbook.
2: Sometimes. Yeah, I want to hear
0: about Pippa's book.
1: Um, I have my mother's
2: um, handwritten recipes in a notebook that she made for all of us kids when she started getting close to the end of her sidewalk. And um, it's got fair favorites. It's got fa- family favorites from people in town, and she's got in here who whose recipe it was, so we would know that um, Ms. Jean Deweese's recipe is in here, so we know that that's a good one. <laughs> um, and um, and so it's got the people's names of who she collected them from. She probably got them at Bridge Club, or from church, or uh, from the fair. Uh, there's, here's one of my favorites: is Jane Everett Cole's cupcakes. The Cole women. They were all they married the Cole brother men and they all the Cole men married a woman named Jane. So, I like that. So Jane Everett, her husband was Everett Cole. And there's Jane Wilbur Franks. And so, um, you know who which Jane you're talking about by putting the husband's name in her name. But anyway, Jane Everett's cupcakes have been always a fair favourite and a a Philadelphia favourite and so um, but you got got to have them, and if you don't have them, we go down to Jane Everett's cabin out at the end of Happy Hollow and see if she's got any
1: cupcakes. Well, I want to describe this book to our listeners. This is a three ring binder. It's kind of a beat up. Um, I guess you call it turquoise. Blue. It Used to be turquoise. <laughs> it used to be turquoise, and they're um, Lala Perry's handwritten recipes, and they're they're in those little you know plastic sheaths to protect them and there's some really uh, worn out yellow dog-eared recipes and then there's a little pouch on the side that has some really dog-eared much used (laughs) much used recipes so uh, i know know that's that's a real treasure yes it is And, and we pull this out and carry it to the
2: fairgrounds with us um, when we're, you know, cooking, so we 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 do some of our cooking while we're cleaning up after we get the house clean enough to cook in it, and do some of the cooking and freezing out there. But we carry this with us and um and pull it out and use it for for our cooking and um and for some of the favorites and some of our traditions at our cabin. Um, and then we I, I I always bring the First United Methodist Church of Philadelphia, Mississippi cookbook with me too because it's got a lot of the fo- the people in Philadelphia that I know and their recipes and I know if I'm going to like it or not by who the recipe was submitted by.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, speaking of the fair, this year I took a tape recorder and wandered around and visited with folks. Uh, Now we're going to listen to a short clip uh, from Susan McNamara and her friends at Cabin 27.
4: Susan McNamara, I am in Cabin 27 on Founder Square. Thank you, Irene Barfoot, my grandmother. And a lot of the food I cook, is because it's what she prepared, and I have her recipes. Which how lucky am I? And one that I prepare that is a have to must or I will not be invited back. Are fair sandwiches. And what? they they're what? fair sandwiches.
3: Fair sandwiches.
4: You know I, what they are, I, but no, in our cabin, they're fair sandwiches. Oh, what you they're about? ham, Swiss, poppy seed, butter. Okay, yeah, yes, yeah. everybody knows what, know what they are but because we always have had them at the fair, they're fair sandwiches. Perfect for supper, pull them out and just throw them in the oven and then especially good for late night, right before you go to bed and soak up a little of somebody's too much fun, you know what I'm saying? So we always have fair sandwiches. We always have chicken spaghetti because my sister really likes that and I'm the one that cooks all the food. Some people call it Rotel chicken because it has a can of Rotel and it's got chicken It's got the pasta it's got green peas it's got velveta cheese you can't mess it up it doesn't matter what the ingredients are because all that together is just good and if you have a little extra of this that's fine too much chicken that's fine not enough that's fine doesn't matter and you add a little of the pasta water in there to make it you know creamy enough or just how you like it but everybody likes that and always have chicken and wild rice because that's my niece's favorite. And uh, we always have lasagna. We go with the red sauce. Some people like white sauce lasagna, not this cabin. Uh, I make a salad often. I'm a good salad maker. One that's real popular is green onion, grape, iceberg, maybe a little spinach with it. Um, and could could have a blueberry in it, you never know, a, some kind of fruit in it, uh, could take an ingredient out and add, a, uh, black beans or corn in it, and then, now I'm telling my secrets. You wanna hear my secret? I do. Because everybody wants to know my, my salad dressing. Half Italian, half ranch. Booyah. Done.
3: You mean like, bottled? Yeah. You buy Well, I make all my salad dressing. Well, okay. we'll have but a taste-off. Yeah. You you buy... I mean, you mix those two together.
4: Mix them up, and everybody oh, goes, what is this dressing? I,
3: I can't tell you. I have to shoot you. <laughs> here, here are two bottles.
4: <laughs> if you're a close friend, I'll let you know. I do remember you. How are you? <laughs> B is gone to get his car because he's leaving. I know, and that's sad. But stay. He's gone to get his car. He's coming right back. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Where
4: is he He's in New Orleans.
3: Well, you look great.
4: You doing good? I'm so glad. Are you in Oxford still?
3: Okay. We're out in the woods. Good. Love that.
4: <laughs> yeah, oh, boy,
0: that was Susan McNamara <laughs> sitting on the front of her cabin 27, uh, swinging with uh, her good buddy, Cynthia Jordan. And totally ignoring
1: Cynthia the man I- ignoring with the tape <laughs> recorder. Hey,
2: look great. I'm so glad. And Philadelphia talks about Cynthia Williams and Susan B. Okay. We don't use her married names out there. Okay. You, you forget who, who you're from, that, who you are. That.
0: Well, I had the great joy this year to stay at this at the williams cabin which i'd never stayed at before so that was a a full one it was full but there weren't very many people there and it was nice and cool good so what about this uh what do you think about all that does that sound familiar to you it
2: does sound familiar i loved how cynthia said you don't make your salad (laughs) dress you get it out of a bottle that is so (laughs) so fair so fair so philadelphia um, and that, she
0: talked about chicken spaghetti. She talked about chicken spaghetti. Well, you know about that?
2: Everybody has their own chicken spaghetti recipe. And the, the the women started making chicken spaghetti when the fair started getting more active and people would start bringing more people and you'd have a house full of people that you had to feed. And chicken spaghetti and lasagna feed a lot of people and it's easy to make ahead of time. So everybody's got chicken spaghetti. And... So you pull out your chicken spaghetti usually, you know, Friday night or Saturday night because everybody's wanting to visit, and you just pull it out and heat it up and serve it with a salad and some French bread, and you're good. But then you still have some left over, and then so it's pulled out on Sunday for lunch, and then it's pulled out at night because you're tired and you don't want to cook again. So about Tuesday, you're tired of chicken spaghetti, so you start wandering to somebody else's porch to see what they've got. And you go and you visit and you pull up on their porch and you sit down and you have a cocktail and you're visiting and catching up. And you're hoping they're going to invite you to stay. And eventually they get around and say, hey, you want to eat what this we're about to eat? And you go, yeah, I do. What you having? Chicken spaghetti. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to take a little break. Today's show, if you haven't noticed, is dedicated to the Neshoba County Fair, Mississippi's giant house party. And we're especially interested in the great food that happens there and to the people who make it. We'll be back in just a few minutes for Carol, Pippa Jackson, and myself. This is Deep South Dining. Please stay tuned, and we'll talk more about the Neshoba County Fair. Welcome back to a special edition of Deep South Dining. Today, we are visiting with Carol Puckett and Pippa Jackson. uh, That's
1: Pippa Perry Jackson.
2: Oh, right.
0: (laughs) Pippa Perry Jackson from the Perry Cabin. What number is your cabin?
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's... um... You're Two, not sure. 232. I went for the longest time, think it was cabin 222 because right across from ours is cabin 222, which is Dick Moffat and Don Kilgore's. So you're sitting on your front porch all the time and you're looking at that number. And so I t- would tell everybody, I'm cabin 222. And um, I widen. And so people go over to Dick and Don's cabin and say, Hey, we're here to see Pippa. And there she's over there. <laughs> Did your cabin have a name? No. No. It's just, the Perry, just cabin. the Perry cabin
0: It's got a great mural on the front of it though That your mom painted it,
2: it does The mama was one of the first ones to start painting murals on the front Years ago And so it has evolved over the years And people will come by and look for one And it's been changed But we're think, trying to figure out how to save it now Because she's not going to be doing it anymore Because she's dead And mm. um, so we're going to try to figure out some way to, to take it off, put a new front on And somehow salvage that one And frame it or something upstairs So it doesn't get ruined
0: all right, well, one of the people that I visited on my recent trip to the Neshoba County Fair was my old-time buddy, Diane Walton, who, was, who for a long time served on the Mississippi Arts Commission Board of Commissioners, and she was chairman for a while, and so I called her affectionately former chair. So I sat down with former chair uh, in her kitchen at the Neshoba County Fair, and she talked to me a little bit about the food that they eat there.
5: Well, this cabin is my husband's family's cabin. We have been married almost 50 years, so I have been coming at least 50 years. I don't think I've missed a fair in all that time, actually. Uh, When I started coming to the fair, Ronnie's mother and his two aunts were the uh, prima donnas of the cabin. They cleaned everything. They cooked everything. They welcomed everybody, and they let us go and play and have fun. And lo and behold, now it's come to me <laughs> and to Ronnie's first cousin uh, to play that role to make sure everything is cooked. But we run our cabin a little differently now. We don't cook it all. Uh, Miss Walton and Aunt Aline and Aunt Marguerite always cooked it all.
0: Cooked it on on
5: site. On site. Mm-hmm. On site. Uh, now we believe in the God-given gift of casseroles <laughs> and honey-baked ham and uh, lasagna in a nice big frozen pan. But we do divide our meals between families. The Walton family has Friday, Sunday. Wednesday and the entire rest of the week, if anybody hangs around past Wednesday. And the Germany family has Saturday and Tuesday. Monday is a day that we call a yo yo day. It's a your own, your own. Y O Y O. So that's fair food and leftovers. So we have it worked out well, and all the young adults are taking part now, whereas I did not take part in cooking when I was a young adult.
0: The fair food, has it pretty much been the same throughout these years, or has it changed and gotten better or worse?
5: I remember shelling peas on the front porch of the cabin with my mother-in-law, and that was a real neat bonding experience for a young married I don't think I've seen a pea shelled on this cabin in this cabin in several decades. Uh, the food has not gotten any better, but really, it's just different. Uh, we have some more exotic attempts. Uh, we do a big what I call traditional fair feed on Wednesday which is the Walton Day. We have um, fried chicken that comes from a service station in Brandon, and it's the best fried chicken you would ever want to have. We have uh, ham, and we have vegetables. We have butter beans and corn and squash and eggplant and black-eyed peas. Mm. You know, I just realized I probably should be cooking cornbread with that, and I haven't done that that, that might have, necessitate an adjustment, but I'm too tired here on Thursday to think about an adjustment. Right Now, I am waiting, as we speak, for the bacon to cook, yes. for us to have bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwiches. Mm-hmm. On white bread, I might remind you. I buy these tomatoes at the farmer's market in Meridian, and I'm pretty particular about uh, knowing if they were grown close to home. I don't want them to haul in any tomatoes for the fair. Now, I'm not snobby otherwise, but I am about tomatoes for the fair. Lauderdale County tomatoes, thank you, Lord. Yes, yes.
0: All right, that's Diane Walton talking about the food they eat in her cabin and those Lauderdale County tomatoes and that nobody shells peas on the porch anymore.
1: Well, the peach, pea sheller has changed life for many Mississippians. <laughs> I was so so
2: excited when I went to the farmer's market and found bags of peas already shelled. It was wonderful. It was a great day.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of work. Yeah. So you looked up a few of the recipes, Carol, that uh, Diane talked about. She was talking a lot about this uh, giant house party cookbook that we've spoken of here a few times. And you were going to see if you could find her recipes that she was Yes, to.
1: and yeah, she... Um, She refers to a pizza casserole. Right. And I looked and looked and looked for pizza casserole, and it is actually named Tagliarini Casserole, and it sounds absolutely delicious. It has ground beef, cream corn, a can of tomatoes, pitted olives, cheddar cheese, and a pack of noodles. So I'm going to publish this... On our website. Great. So other people, I'm going to name now it which, Pizza Casserole. I was going to ask
0: you which name are you going to use?
1: I think I'm going to use Pizza Casserole. I think that's better. And this is from Mrs. Jimmy Webb, uh, who was the former Cindy Bozeman. Do you know?
2: I do know Cindy Bozeman, yes. and she's um, She was in my sister's class at school.
0: Okay. Now, so. Pippa, you're rifling through your, your mother's cookbook over there. What are you finding? you finding any Mom, nice tidbits? I'm trying tidbit? to find Mama's
2: chicken
1: tetrazzini, is what she
2: called it. Yeah. Her. Because Herchie.
1: I promised Pippa that I'm, I really want that recipe. I want to publish it. I think it's,
2: it's in the other file folder, the other notebook I've got that my sister won't give me back. oh um, <laughs> but, but
1: we'll get, take another one. We'll take, take another I, one of her, her I can get greatest tips. I can
2: get Margaret to make a copy of it and give it to me. But she's not giving me mother's cookbook. her mother's big cookbook. But I was pulling out, and I noticed that one of her recipe cards. She also would doodle,
1: and she got a little artwork on her on
2: her
0: Aww, recipes. That's Aww. great.
1: These are shrimp sandwiches.
0: Mm. All right. Now the last uh, clip here with Diane is she's talking about Meridian Day. You know they have days, mm-hmm. Pippa, You know about Jackson this. Jackson Day, Meridian Day. Mm-hmm. And it was on a Wednesday of the fair, and it's supposed to be one of the oldest traditions. Are you buying that?
5: No. no.
0: No. But anyway, I started out by asking her what is her fondest food memory during her time at the fair. This is Diane Walton.
5: The year we discovered the what we call cracked chicken because it's just so good you just keep eating it, uh, our friends Gail and Jim Anderson and my sister Pam Partridge lived in Brandon and they are traditional fair Wednesday fair goers. Now, I keep referring to Wednesday because that's Meridian Day and that's when we feed the most people. And we discovered that chicken thanks to those three people. And since we've been serving that, we have really made a hit with all our Meridian Day visitors. So, that's the best thing I can come up with right off the top of my head. We have booths set up around the square at the fair on Wednesday uh, pertaining to things around Meridian and one of them is the navy bean soup booth. The navy personnel give out small cups of their wonderful soup and historically they uh, they eat the personnel who attend to the soup eat at the cabins somewhere on the fairgrounds that belong to Meridianites And yesterday we had, surely it was a dozen, it could have been more than that, Uh, personnel from the Meridian Naval Air Station, and we just loved having them. Some of them were from uh, way far off and had serious case of the bug eyes about what they were seeing here. Uh, They wondered where on earth they had been uh, dropped into and what their orders were that led them to this dusty place in the Shoba County.
0: I love hear, Di- hearing Diane talk about the Navy bean soup that the uh, military uh, characters from Meridian Air Base. You were know that has out.
1: to be the, the that
0: congressional, the cookbook, congressional the one, cookbook. And, the and it's so <laughs>
1: interesting that we both have a copy of that cookbook. And it was it's my, not your everyday cookbook. It's not. <laughs> not. It,
0: and it was my brother's introduction to making soup. It's the first soup my brother Hal made was because he went to D.C. and was a page, and he ate that navy bean soup in the cafeteria, and when he came home, he was going to have to make it. He
2: was such a good soup maker too.
0: Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Okay, we're going to take a break right here, and when we come back, we will hear from one lucky fair goer who will have an upcoming recipe featured in Elizabeth High School's new cookbook, and you can find out more about that at If You Stay Tuned If you have a cabin or a recipe or a story about the Neshoba County Fair you want to share with us, send it to food at mpbonline.org. That's an email. We're not taking calls today. However, we will be right back to chat more about the Neshoba County Fair. mpbonline.org is the destination for everything Mississippi Public Broadcasting
1: Catch up on past shows from Think Radio Check out MPB TV or Music Radio and become a sustaining member all from one place Get connected now at mpbonline.org
0: Welcome back This is Deep South Dining I'm Malcolm White along with my co-host Carol Puckett and we're joined in the studio by Pippa Perry Jackson Welcome back Pippa Glad to be here If you uh, haven't been with us long, you don't know what we're talking about. Today we're talking about the Neshoba County Fair. And uh, if you uh, have been listening, we've been doing interviews from the fair and stories from the fair. And Pippa's been sharing some recipes. And Carol's been giving us a bit of history. But, you know, one thing I forgot after Diane Walton's last clip, I thought, well, that's the last one we're going to hear from Diane Walton. But then I remember... No. She, no, 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 no. She shared a great recipe about a barbecue sundae that they make it, uh, there at the fair. So I'd like for y'all to know about the barbecue sundae. This is Diane Walton. One more time.
5: One of our favorite newer meals at the fair is a barbecue sundae. It is a layered concoction that we used to serve in those handled uh beer steins that you would get for about a dollar at the Dollar Tree but lately we have resorted to the red solo cup uh, the, the crystal pattern of, the, of choice at the fair and uh, for our barbecue pork we are using the Piggly Wiggly grocery store installation their branch here at the fair we order it ahead of time with the add-ons of slaw and baked beans, and we take our red flyer wagon, haul it far, far away on the fairground to the Piggly Wiggly. They've got our pulled pork prepared, they have barbecue sauce, and then we have the Baked beans and the slaw that we can use to layer with onions and jalapenos and fritos and oh, let me see, I'm losing something in there. I can't remember what it is, but um, we just adore our barbecue Sundays.
0: So, describe what a Sunday would look like.
5: All right, a Sunday starts with a base of either a round piece of bread or crushed fritos, but some bread product. And then in any order you want it, we have your pulled pork usually next and slaw and baked beans, diced onions, jalapenos, all topped with barbecue sauce and sometimes with a rib stuck in the side of it as an eating utensil and then you can chow on the rib when you get through. Now, because sometimes we're not real bright when we get to the fair, we sort of leave our intellect at the gate. We have a board on which my daughter in law writes the instructions for creating said Sunday. And everybody seems to enjoy it, even the leftovers. <laughs>
0: and that, my friends, is the barbecue Sunday as shared by Diane Walton.
1: And I have a question for Pippa. <laughs> Have you ever left your intellect at the gate when you go to the fair? Yeah, <laughs> mostly when I was much much
2: younger and I thought it was cute. But um, yes. now, how
0: long have you been going to the fair? Pick I have
2: up. never missed a fair. I'm wow sixty one, and uh, um, <laughs> and I've I've missed I've never missed a fair. In fact, one time in my twenties, I was when I took the job. I said, okay, I'll take the job, but. And it was, you know, mixing paint at Sherwin-Williams. But I said, i got to have this week off. And the guy said, okay, but then when it came time for the fair, he wasn't going to let me off, so I quit.
0: Oh. I'm
2: not going to miss the fair. Gave up and a career. And so you
1: should have. <laughs> a career, paint,
2: a career
0: paint. at Sherwin-Williams <laughs> yeah. to, to make the family fair.
1: And what about Piggly Wiggly at the fair? I didn't know about that.
2: It, that. That's a relatively new addition, but it's really darn convenient because, it's you know, you're sitting out on the porch and you realize you're out of something and, um, everybody has to draw straws. as so Who's going to have to go, get it, go crawl, walk a mile to get to the car and go into town to buy something? And you're going to miss something if you leave. So nobody wants to leave. And so having the pig out there is really, really handy. You can go up and grab you know, some mayonnaise or whatever you might need that you forgot to bring or you ran out of. And the pig's always got it. Is it in a trailer? It's up at the t- up by the cattle barns in the horse barns, and so the aroma <laughs> is really nice. It's convenient, and it's up at the very top of the midway, so it's quite a it's quite a trek. But it's not as far of a trek to your car to go into town. But it's a it's a little bitty mobile trailer thing, and um, it's got a little window unit air conditioning, and they got outdoor portable coolers that they bring out there. I'm sure it's not a, a small undertaking for the pig, but it's it's very convenient for us. When I was growing up, there used to be a little place up at the beginning of the square kind of right by the exhibit hall that had groceries you could go up and buy groceries that you forgot and cigarettes and um things like that at that place but they they tore that down many many years ago it probably went away when i was in my 20s and so we didn't have anything for the longest time and they somebody saw the need and the pig's
1: handy to have
0: yeah in fact peyton prosper and i had breakfast there this year they serve um Biscuits with sausage and oh, bacon I didn't know and that. eggs a and hair service
1: operation. and coffee.
0: Yeah, we had we had breakfast there as we before we went over to look at the sheep and the cows and the Huh. Uh, it was and the, the weird zucchini. Yeah. Yeah. All zucchini. of the above. All right, here's a clip. One more clip. Uh, as I said, I spent the whole day wandering around the fair, visiting with you folks. You visited
2: with me, but you didn't ask me about my cooking.
0: That's because I knew I was gonna have you on. <laughs> You're going to be livin' in color. (laughs) So I went over to Cabin—well, actually, I uh, was—I interviewed Cynthia Williams Jordan uh, about uh, the food that she eats—Jordan, sorry. (laughs) Jordan, Jordan. It's all. It
2: makes a difference out there. Uh, Okay, gotcha. Sorry,
0: Cynthia. Uh, Ask her about her food at Cabin 82, where she resides. But she was in the swing with uh, Miss McNamara at uh, Cabin 27. That would be Susan
1: B. McNamara. Susan
0: B. McNamara and uh, Cynthia Williams Jordan sitting in a swing out in front of Cabin 27, talking about the food at Cabin 82.
3: I'm Cynthia Jordan. And I am the cook for Cabin 82. Used to be the cook for Cabin 28. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other story. <laughs> but, but now now I'm a better cook. Um, so um, the first Friday night, we have Italian night. And I've always done cannelloni, but this year I switched it up, and I did some uh, fabulous meatballs with a red sauce pasta. And my sister-in-law does lasagna, so that's our Italian night. Saturday lunch, we do just some sandwiches. Turkey, ham, and I make chicken salad, and we have that. And then Saturday night, we do fillets. And um, some potatoes, which my potato recipe is about to be in uh, Elizabeth High School's new cookbook. Is it? Good for you. Fair potatoes. Well, so that's on a, That's my Saturday night. Sunday lunch. Well, is, now I want to hear about the potatoes. Now that you're going to publish, the, publish the recipe. What is it? I can't remember. I'll have to, <laughs> anyway, I had to. I have to look. It I up. had to look it up. <laughs> I had to think about it before I sent it to her. Um, and then Sunday lunch is my big lunch, and which is uh, vegetables. I search all the farmers in the County, and I get fresh butter beans and peas, okra um uh, Green beans, and I uh, we my brother makes fried chicken. That is, he's legendary for his fried chicken and homemade ice cream. And Big it spread, is good. And cornbread sticks, uh, everything, yeah, you know, uh, all that. And then so, but because of the store and Williams Brothers, Monday lunch is BLTs. We get the bacon from the store and we put it in the pan and bake it. We don't fry our bacon, we just put lots of bacon in the pan. I've, I've and turned into an oven bacon or and, myself. And and well, it doesn't smell up the cabin, but also you put a little water in it and it crisps up the bacon. It really makes it crisp. Okay, I have never put water in it. Well, this is new to us. Uh, we started doing it. We put a little little water in How there. How much water is a little water? A fourth a cup or something mm-hmm. like that. For a whole thing of bacon? Yeah. I
4: can't wait. And um,
0: love a hot tip. That was Cynthia Williams Jordan talking about the food at Cabin 82. Now, people, you've known Cynthia Williams Jordan for a long time.
2: Her whole life. We're the same age. We went to school together. And she was she was the tall one. But um, her family is a family full of good cooks, and and they also have the Williams family store, which is the largest country store in the world. And when she's talking about her bacon, that's the best bacon you can ever get. If one eats bacon, that's where you want to get it is from the Williams Brothers store.
0: It's legendary.
2: It is legendary.
0: You can get boots and bacon
2: and and barbed wire
0: and barbed wire
1: and horse collars and horse. Collars.
0: And Cynthia has the garden center when she when she's not at the cab at the cabin at eighty two. She's running the garden center at the that. Williams store. Yeah, huh. and I'm thing. pretty
1: proud of myself. I got the recipe for fair potatoes. From her, because, you know, Cynthia can be, well, I just put a little of this and a little of that. So. Well, any good cook's not going to tell you exactly, exactly what's in their recipes. Well, for whatever she gave me, I'm going to put on our MPB website. Can you
0: talk about it just a little bit? Like these potatoes, they bake bro, um, oven potatoes or what? Not sure? Not sure. Okay, so <laughs> no, it's I a think secret. they're
1: similar to funeral potatoes okay. that we've talked about before there, it's like a creamy. I mean, you slice the potatoes and put a lot of gooey stuff.
0: Oh, well, that sounds yeah. great! That'd
1: be good.
2: That's
0: now, Pippa, do you have a recipe that you're holding out on us over there? That's sort of your fair favorite that your mom made, maybe? Or the, um, well, there's several family?
2: that were favorites of the fair that moms were moms and. Um, I always do fried chicken. I don't buy my fried chicken as some people do in one of these interviews earlier. We I, I do fried chicken. Fry, chi- I fry in the cabin? in the cabin myself. Or it out on that the porch. Be none. Yes. No, you don't you should, true southern women would never buy somebody else's fried chicken. But, <laughs> sorry, Diane
0: <laughs> um, People said that, not me.
2: But there's some Mrs. Francis Mampus' English pea salad is a fair favorite at our Ooh. cabin. Miss um, Moppes is an excellent cook. We got about 15 of Francis Moppes's traditions that we can carry on, and so we do English pea salad. It's a nice, good, cold thing that you can make ahead, and um, and it goes with it well with lots and lots of things. But um, that that's a fair favorite. The pickled beans is another one that's um, mother has in here. You must use blue lake, but um, it's it's green beans that are pickled, and the it tastes very similar to the marinated onions at Cock of the Walk
0: uh-huh those are great yeah
2: they're real good and now, so, are you
0: talking about the three bean salad type
2: it's well it's just green beans Pickled? and onions okay all
0: right <laughs> but uh, i'm not questioning your mom i knew her well yeah
2: well you shouldn't do that <laughs> <laughs> um and um and then you know there is there, and then miss Jean dewey's is uh bean supreme which is a ground beef thing with with uh, beans and it's it's, it's a particular favorite of ours, and the Dewey's family is also excellent cooks. We always tell if it's a recipe we want to use or not by who, who, the, who the cook Who was, made it. Who made yeah. uh, yeah. Well,
1: who, who I see one last note from Cynthia Williams. She gave me a list of her favorite recipes, and I wanted to mention the barbecued shrimp, mm-hmm. which is a recipe of her sister, Olivia Williams Manning. Mrs. is Archie Manning. and. Yeah. I know that that shrimp is good because she is a good cook. Oh, and she's that, an excellent cook.
2: But, she, you know, her mama was a good cook, so, you know, they had, they learn from the best.
0: And she spent some time in New Orleans, so surely she can she barbecue has. a shrimp.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I had a great I had a great set of meals this year, but one of my favorite dishes was some butter beans I ate at uh, Dick Mompus's cabin, and it had uh, okra in it. And I just always love when fresh okra is cooked in with the butter beans. I do, too. And sliced tomatoes.
2: Uh, you got to have sliced tomatoes every meal.
0: Well, Pippa, we appreciate you joining us on this special edition of Deep South Dining, all about the Neshoba County Fair. Carol, I've had a good time visiting with, uh, talking about fair food and fair people.
1: And I as well. And I want to thank Pippa too. This this just made the show. This was fun. I really appreciate y'all
2: including me. I love listening to the show, so thank you for having me.
0: Great. We'll have you back. Okay. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio. It is funded by generous contributors from listeners like you. Our show was produced by the one and only Java Chapman for Carol Puckett and our in-studio guest, Pippa Perry Jackson, and to all the people we talked to at the fair. I'm Malcolm White. Please stay tuned now for Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey followed by Southern Remedy at 11. Please join us every Monday at 9 o'clock in the morning for Deep South Dining only on MPB Think Radio.
5: The squash casserole, the eggplant casserole, the pizza casserole, and several pie casseroles all come from... The giant house party cookbook oh. which is a wonderful source for a person who did not grow up coming to the fair as I did not. I came a few times but uh, and I'm one of those people who loved it at first sight. There are those who do not uh, and I accept their decision but I think they're wrong. No, know I got mine on the fairgrounds somewhere but it is so old and so uh, well-worn that I, I don't remember where I purchased it. I think you can possibly still get them in downtown Philadelphia. Uh, it has a lovely picture of the uh, fairgrounds on the front of it and all the recipes are identified by cabin owner, by, by cabin number. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a great resource. I'm afraid I could not function at the fair without my giant house party cookbook.